Hey everybody, welcome to Dental Voice with Zyrus. My name is Rolando Mia, and today we have two very, very special guests. Two people we've been looking forward to spending time with. Everybody, please meet Melissa Massetti, RDHAP, and her incredibly good friend, Christina Mankins, RDHAP also. So what we're going to cover today is specific around what on earth is an RDHAP and why does it matter? So first of all, Melissa and Christina, thank you so much for joining. What a pleasure. It is awesome to see both of you. Our pleasure. <laughs> this is going to be great. So the question, and let's dive right into it. What is an RDHAP? What does that mean? Um, the AP with RDH is um, a registered dental hygienist in alternative practice. And that is specific and to California. It's specific to California. Does it exist anywhere else in the country? There is certain states that have particular... Similar models. But not identical. And what is what is when you say alternative practice? I, I, you know, I, I really have not really heard about this. And is it something new? What is it, what is an alternative practice designation? How would you describe that? So alternative practice instead of being in um, a specific dental office, it gives us the luxury to practice in other areas by seeing um, homebound patients. Um, nursing facilities, in-care facilities, um, patients just that don't have um, adequate um, access to care. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. So so is it is it kind of like there's this concept of mobile dentistry where the, the clinicians actually bring the services and the the care to certain areas. Is it does it tie back to that somehow? Yes. Yeah. It's pretty like much how? kind of the model. So we are mobile in itself that we go to different homes, group like group homes or care facilities and provide the care in that home for the residents that reside there. So is it something that you have to do special education or training around? Is it something that you, you go to? Is there a specific schooling that you have to do? Yes. So beyond your dental hygiene licensure, you take additional schooling, you have to have RDH hours under your belt, and a few other things in order to expand your licensure. And when you take this, this is something that you do specifically when, when you're in dental hygiene school. Is that correct? No. Mm -mm. No. You graduate dental hygiene school, and then you get the urge under your belt, and you go for it. <laughs> you say you get the urge. I like that. What do you mean you get the urge? <laughs> So you have to have a specific amount of hours of hygiene practice. So within the like the last three years, you have to have 2000 hours, I believe. Oh, wow. I be correct, incorrect on the amount of hours, but um, you have to have a certain amount of hours within the last um, couple years of practice to be able to apply. And then you have to take a program from, there's three in California now. Um, and then once you complete the program, there's an additional test, and then you fill out your application with the dental hygiene board, and then you can be granted um, the AP licensure. Holy cow. So this is not just something that you go take a quick course on so that now you're certified. This is in addition to all of the education and the rigor of a regular of a traditional dental hygiene program. That is pretty crazy. Yeah. Yes. Is it easy? 
I doubt anything is easy, right? It's a lot of work, but it's worth it. Oh, that's so cool. Let me ask you this. What inspired both of you to do that? What inspired you to go beyond providing, you know, dental hygiene and becoming, you know, alternative practice or the additional education, the time and effort? We have some great mentors. So um, COVID hit and I was actually out on a disability because I developed thoracic outlet syndrome. And um, during that time, I was secretary treasurer for the California Dental Hygiene Association and the president at the time, Darla Dale, who's one of, I think, one of the very first APs in California. Um, she was president at the time. So I spent a lot of time with her and she was very encouraging. And I knew that I was going to get better. Um, so during the time that I was off, I was encouraged to take the AP class. And because Christina was student relations council chair and we did that together before I became secretary treasurer, I called her and said, please take this program with me. It'll be so fun. <laughs> It'll be fun to do this together. And so we both signed up and we, we, did the program together and how we get to work together. And the way we met, I mean, I couldn't say no. I mean, <laughs> that's another story. So I had to say yes. So when you first started the program, did you know what you were getting into or was it one of those, sure, I'll do it. Holy cow. I mean, we knew. I mean, when I first went to dental hygiene school, it was, it was definitely, you know, taught in school, like you can go further and do this. And it was something I always wanted to do while I was in hygiene school. But then once I graduated and I was in the field for 10 plus years, you know, it just becomes kind of sidewind to the wind. And then she mentioned it and I was like, let's do it. Oh, what would you say is it probably wasn't that easy? She didn't say let's do it. There was a lot of convincing on my part, but keep in mind it was during COVID, so we were very strapped for for funds yes. and things. So it was. And it's I, not cheap to do. No, but it's it's it sounds like it is worth it. Oh no, yeah, it has yeah. been one hundred percent. Yeah. What is so worth it about being an AP, an RDH AP? It How is so. It is so mentally rewarding and just, I mean, treating, treating patients in a general setting is great, but this goes way above and beyond and just, it's just heartwarming. Well, and, and to mention, which we haven't already, all the patients that we see are special needs patients. So oh. that is what she's referring to because yeah. without us, a lot of the patients, caregivers and parents and conservators say no one has been willing to see them. We haven't been able to find someone that's willing to see them. So we're so thankful for you and you're so patient with them. And you know, so they're, that is what is rewarding. Their, their parents will be in tears and Melissa's consolidating the parents while I'm doing the work. I mean, it's you're doing all the work and Melissa's just, no, we're both working. It's a, it's a team. But it's just, it's great. And when the parents say, you know, my kid cannot wait to come back and see you guys. They're like begging to come see you when he was deathly afraid to go to the dentist. It's just, wow. it's, it's very rewarding. Yeah. So you, you're it's basically, a lot of work. it's tough. 
Yeah, it, it sounds like it because you have to have a special perspective and a special, you know, a special heart to, to do that. And here's the thing. When you look at patients with special needs, the there's a lot of unknowns with regard to, you know, what, what's involved in that. And people tend to be fearful. And this is just natural for all of us when you don't know something and you're leaning into it. I have to say kudos to the two years for doing that. And I love the premise behind it. When you enter into this realm and when you're when you're looking at it, are there a lot of RDHAPs in, in California and uh, I guess across the state or is it is it a very small population if you all? I think we're at 1200 now in the number. I could be wrong, but I'm not sure how many are actively practicing. Yes. I think a lot of them is a requirement. I know that the college where in my city, it's a requirement to become an AP. So they aren't actively practicing as an AP, but they do hold their AP licensure. So cool. So in traditional dental hygiene, based on, I guess, the laws or the way it's structured for dentistry across the United States, a dental hygienist has to work under the the uh, guidance or whatever you want to call it of a dentist, a DDS. Mm -hmm. is, is a RDHAP an independent? And do you have the freedom to do that? Or do you have to work with or is there a, a dentist that you, you have to uh, um, uh, operate or perform your procedures with? We can pretty much work independently. We do work with dentists. Um, we, you know, send x-rays out and so they can do referrals and everything. And every 18 months, you do need a prescription from either a dentist or a physician stating that that patient needs services by us. So we do work directly with dentists. However, we do not need to work underneath one. Okay, that's cool. That's, that's kind of cool to know. I'm curious. It seems like it's a lot of additional education. It's a, it's not an easy, an easy uh, function. It's not an easy thing. Um, why do you all do this uh, beyond the 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 you know you, it makes you feel good? Why 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 put yourself through that? Uh, we don't look at it as putting us through anything. I mean, it was a three month program, which. In all honesty, anyone that's been practicing for a long time, a lot of it is just secondhand nature. So it's it's things that you know, you should know if you've been practicing. So um, I wouldn't say the schooling was grueling. I mean, it was tedious or time consuming, but um, now that we're doing it, it's, it's, it's way better than the day-to-day -day going in and you know, working for somebody else. I mean, I get to work with my best friend every day. <laughs> Who wouldn't so, want to do this? <laughs> so, and we get, we get so rewarded by our patients. They yeah. just like, after a couple of visits, they're just so excited to see us. And then, you know, it's just, I couldn't imagine doing anything else. I, originally, I didn't imagine ever working with patients with special needs. I didn't see myself there, but the opportunity um, was presented to us, and I'm so glad that we took it, honestly. Yeah. And and as RDHAPs, you've actually formed your own, um, I guess, your, your own business or your own group. Is that correct? Yeah, we own our own practice. So we own our oh. own mobile dental hygiene practice. And you so, refer out if, for, to other dentists or to other practices in the area? Yeah. Yes. Now, what's, what's that like? What's it like having 
the responsible, like having your own business and, and, and driving from that perspective. What have you learned about that that you could share with other people who are maybe considering doing that? It's a lot of work. I mean, there's a, you don't just go to an office and you leave and you don't have to do anything. I mean, we go to the office and we're still working when we go home. I mean, we're working all the time, but <laughs> I mean, when you work for yourself, it's, I mean, it's something you just need to expect, I feel. But what would you, what were some of the biggest, well, let's, let me ask it this way. What, what would you say some of the biggest hurdles you had to overcome? And then what are some of the most incredible things that you've discovered that have just fulfilled your life? Start with the things that you've had to overcome starting this as an AP and creating a business. How would you, how would you two share that with us? Are you looking at each other funky? I think, <laughs> I think the biggest hurdle was acquiring all the things that we needed. Um, yeah. We wanted to be able to take x-rays, um, use, you know, a mobile unit so we could use an ultrasonic to debride and, and things like that. So it was a lot of expense in the beginning. That was, I think, the biggest hurdle. And then setting up our S-Corp was another expense. Yeah, and there's there's a lot of paperwork and different entities and doing this first and this first just to get all the paperwork and aligned to actually own a business. There's a lot of research and everything involved with that. So step-by-step -step process of finally getting that done and what comes first. And, you know, I mean, there's no playbook. So we yeah. kind of just had to figure it out on our own. Who did right. you go to for help? How, who, did somebody help you do that? Or was it basically just a school hard knocks and you ended up just having to like deal with it? We, I mean, there, we have a lot of mentors. I mean, we ask a lot of people and, you know, we have to do what's best for us in the end. So we kind of made our own path and we made it work and we, we did it. Being actively involved with CDHA has greatly helped. Yeah, we have a lot of mentors who are willing to put us in the right direction and give us, you know, the best advice. And CDHA stands for the California Dental Hygiene Association. We're both very actively involved in that from where we live at our component level all the way up to the state level. And so we know a lot of dental hygienists and we've we've just networked and it's really paved the way for us. If, if you were to summarize for people considering this, you know, Think of it, the, the top one, two or three things you would recommend they don't do. What would those be? Don't have assumptions on patients. I feel huh. like that is the hardest thing for me is that even with parents, they come with assumptions saying, my child is never going to be able to do that. Uh. And we surprise them all the time. Mm -hmm. So it, it, it bothers me that certain dental offices say we can't see your patient we can't see them because they have autism or they have down syndrome we don't treat patients like that they're making assumptions that the patient can't do a certain thing without even trying so that that is my biggest pet peeve mm -hmm. so that would be that would probably be the one biggest thing don't make assumptions for our patients what would a second thing be for people considering going down this route don't knock it till you try it. Yeah. <laughs> I never saw myself working with special needs patients. And it has been the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my entire life. And I'm so glad that I had the opportunity to try it. And don't assume it's easy because it's not. It's a it's, lot of hard work, but it's yeah, so. It's wide open. 
worth it. It's so worth it. Mm -hmm. It's so worth it. Is it, is it, is it specifically treatment of special needs patient or does this also include like geriatric patients or uh, uh, the underserved community? Does the AP tie you specifically to just patients with special needs or are there no. other? So our practice is tied specifically to special needs, but there's other practices that go into nursing facilities and see, you know, the people in the nursing homes or homebound patients on hospice and those kinds of things. So it just depends on the AP and the direction that they go. You, I mean, you could be an AP boutique and just go to people in Beverly Hills and see people that just want to pay you a lot of money for you to come to their home to see practice. As long as you have that prescription from a dentist, um, you could do that. Are there some that work with kids? They go into schools and do mm -hmm. different things at the school for kids. So there's a lot of different avenues. As long as it's an underserved population, that's pretty much where you can go. Yeah. And when, when, uh, as a, as a, function in dentistry. <clears throat> I'm, I'm curious, why is it only in California? Why, you, based on your your opinion or, or maybe your perspective, why is this not more prevalent or is it prevalent across the country? Um, state to state is different. Like I'm specifically only licensed as a dental hygienist in the state of California because I only took the California State Board. So and the California Dental Hygienist Association made this possible for the state of California. So it's a lot different than I say nurses, like you, not really a traveling nurse. It depends on where your board was taken and the legalities behind your licensure. But I know so, that Colorado, sorry. I know that Colorado well, as an RDH, you can have your own a dental hygiene practice just as a registered dental hygienist and i know that canada an rdh can have their own dental hygiene practice and i know there's a dental therapist model somewhere on the east coast i i'm not sure which state it is but they also have extra functions that uh, rdh um so have. it's starting to expand and it looks like there's more around it the care that you're able to provide and the fact that you come on on site or you actually go to the patient is huge. It, it seems to me to eliminate a lot of the stress of having to get up, go in and, you know, freak out. And then also how, how heartbreaking is it that as a parent, you bring your child or you you go in and you're told, I'm sorry, we don't treat, or you call and you're trying to find treatment for your, mm -hmm. for your, whoever, someone in your family and you don't get that. So I love the context around that. If you were to take the, um, if you were to kind of, for our viewers, the people who are sitting here, and kind of share with them, you know, is why or do dentists care about this or why should dentists care about this? How would you express that? I think we help them out a lot. We help to provide access to care that otherwise patients wouldn't be getting. And they know that a lot of these patients can't come to them physically. I mean, we go to patients' houses where they're literally bed bound and we're giving up bedside services and you know a dentist they're so busy in their own practice i mean i think another way that we help is 
you know, without us, again, a lot of assumptions have been made and the patient would just be referred to go under general anesthesia for an exam and x-rays. But once they come to our office and we're able to do, you know, certain things without general anesthesia, we can say to a referring dentist, look, this patient was great. They're going to be super cooperative. You might have to spend a little extra time with them, just explaining to them what you're doing, but they're going to be totally cooperative. So um, that, that's been helpful. I think with even increasing the access of care that those patients had by allowing us to see them first to giving the encouragement to the dentist to actually try to see them. Yeah. We definitely desensitize patients and make them feel comfortable. So they're able to get the treatment they need. And the dentist is good with this. And they, they, the reason they care is it expands their ability to basically treat population it sounds like yeah right yes that is awesome so if you were to kind of sum up for viewers um uh who are considering this and um and you know don't know much about it how would you how would you kind of frame for them what they need to learn about based on your experience what they need to um be aware of and then how to how to start how to how to just you know what's the first step to do it what would you how would you, what would you say about that? I would definitely say networking is huge. Um, be a part of the professional association. CDHA is what got us this licensure expanding functions. So be a member, do that, uh, network, reach out, you know, and. Our AP council um, is always putting on RDHAP CEs to help. Um, think people that are considering becoming an AP, start their practice or um, things like that. So we always have CEs going on um, to encourage you or to help you start your business. Um, there's all of us that can help, you know, guide you or give you encouragement. Um, yeah. So reach out, spend time with your association. Take the time to learn, it sounds like, and talk to people, mm -hmm. talk to you all potentially yeah. to get a perspective on it, not to be sold on the process, but more importantly, to become educated so you're making a conscious decision around it. Yeah. I love the, the premise you've said that, you know, yes, this is very fulfilling. It's not easy. Mm. However, when you're able to understand and you're able to uh, kind of navigate through it, it is incredibly fulfilling. Did I catch that? Oh, yeah. For sure. That is so cool. What would you like to basically tell the world about being an RDHAP and uh, kind of um, the context around this? What would you want to tell everyone watching this right now? Just go for it. It really, it really isn't hard to get the licensure. And if you want to work independently and increase access to care to those that are in need, just, just do it. Don't, don't think about it. Just do it. I think there's nothing more fulfilling than being an art HAP. And working for yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah, and working true. with your best friend. I mean. <laughs> 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 if people wanted to reach out to you and uh, ask you questions, what would be the best way for them to do that? Um, they can email us at thehygienecoach at gmail.com. And you will answer anything that they have to do it. 
Oh, yeah. So here's the thing. First of all, I love the premise behind what you're doing. Uh, anytime the underserved or even a population of patients who are who don't simply because of a condition that they have uh, potentially have access to care that uh, what I'm going to call a regular population has. Anytime we see people who are doing that, it's it it warms your heart and it makes you feel really good. So very much appreciate and love the fact that you you're putting yourselves out there and doing that. Love that you're yeah. taking the time to share that with us and kind of get the word out with regard to RDHAP, this uh, alternative practice um, uh, structure and method. And I hope that over time this expands beyond this and and that more and more people are able to do that. It's just a, it's just the right thing to do and really appreciate you all doing that. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for joining us and sharing that. I, you know, I, you, the two of you, I, you know, I've, I've spent time with both Melissa and Christina separate from this and boy, oh boy, there is an energy and a, uh, well, let me just say uh, a spark that, that you'll see with that. So when you have a chance, please reach out to them and do that. So thank you for joining us. Hey folks, reach out to them to find out more about this. Go to the hygienecoast at gmail.com. If you like this content, please share it. If you love this content, then give us a like and let other people know. And we look forward to seeing you on our next Dental Voice. Thanks, guys, for joining us. I really appreciate it. Have a wonderful rest of your week and really appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Thank you. All right, we'll see you guys next uh, on Next Dental Voice. Appreciate it. Don't forget, check out Empowered Dentistry. Uh, there's a lot of wonderful information over there, and there are other like-minded individuals and people like Melissa and Christina in there. So take care, everyone. We will see you next time.